baby-proofing a guillotine, so you cut your finger off. It's part of the fun. This is They're All Going to Laugh at Him, episode 50. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer. Alex, 50! Yeah, that's a lot. That might be the most of a single thing I've ever done. I can't even do 50 push-ups. Like, I've, I've woken up 50 times, but I couldn't count them. I haven't. Yeah. Very okay. young. Weird. <laughs> um, I was born the day we started this podcast, and I'll die the day it ends. Yes, we actually only exist in, uh, in this state. I exist in the Sandlerverse, and I refuse to leave. <laughs> um yeah uh alex what did we watch what did we watch today hotel transylvania 2 the best sequel we've seen so far except i think grown-ups 2 actually no, I, had grown-ups like grown-ups 2. 2 I like grown-ups 2 a lot yeah i thought it, yeah i thought that was better i forgot about that one i was just saying it i talked to some people about joe dirt 2 today online and i talked about the podcast and they were very adamant that I was reading too deeply into these movies. And I just wanted to say, like, listen, when you watch 50 of these movies in a row, then you get to talk. I am a snob now. We, I'm an Adam also, Sandler snob. We didn't read that deeply into that movie. We basically no. said they they were trying to act deep and didn't do anything. Oh, I wasn't so. talking about Joe Dirt 2 for that one. I was oh. talking about Jack and Jill. Because someone brought up, of course, Billy Madison. And I said yeah. Jack and Jill was written for you specifically. Because you think... All the other movies suck except for Billy Madison. Like, that movie was written for you specifically. He also, like, one of the other people also said, I'm just, like, trash-talking someone who might, like, even be listening to this. That's fine. Hi. Um, that Hi, your opinion's I, bad. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> that Adam Taylor has gotten better at his dramatic roles over the years. Like, how many dramatic roles do you think he's done in his late career? Because there's only been a couple Whereas a lot of them, they've just been sprinkled through, and he's been good in all of them. And then someone else dragged out the argument that he's best in movies where he's not the main character, and I also had to disagree. <laughs> yeah. I disagree with that. Yeah. Um, he's best when other people are as good as him, I think. That, the, I... like, when Jennifer Aniston's in a movie, it's a, normally a better yes. movie because he has someone to work with. Yeah. But, like, no, I don't think Billy Madison or... Uh, Happy Gilmore has the best movies. I'm very defensive now of of Adam Sandler. He's turned me into a fan, and I don't know how yeah. I feel about that yet. Well, but that's okay. he's got ten episodes to lose us, and then we get to decide um, whether or not you know this is a podcast that hates him or not. Yeah, because but that's what we're doing. Him. Do you want me to ask you the question? Like, why you, are we you doing have this? To. You have why, to. Why, Alex? Why are we doing this thing where we're watching all 60 Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler adjacent movies in a row every single day and podcasting about it? Why am I editing a podcast every day? I edit like a third of the time. I'm just going to point that out. Um, Well, for the first time ever, we've hosted a Pride Happy Hour to incentivize their out members' employees to show their support and solidarity. Additionally, 100 employees wear their pride t-shirts as part of the company's wear your pride campaign that's that's just the first thing i got in corporate jargon from sony it doesn't really segue as well as i might have hoped we're wondering if adam sandler deserves all the hate and i hate sony that's that was all. that was sony's what that was sony's first pride thing that they no it, it was their 2019 historic 
Sony celebrates Pride uh, campaign. Um, okay. They, they sold out of shirts because they were selling shirts, it seems like. Yeah, I just love it when corporations, like, you know, you one would... month out of the year, they, they use some rainbows. They're like, yeah, we support you. And then the other 11 months, they're trying to take away health care for uh, gay couples and trying to deny transgender uh, employees, you know, their hormones and, you know, firing them or refusing to hire them in the first place. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I love corporations. Can I read the the New York uh, corporate or Sony pride? Because that was a uh, that was Culver City, California. I didn't realize they also had a New York one. So this changes everything. Yeah. Let me hear that one. Mm -hmm. New York was this year's official host of World Pride, and the celebrations were in full swing. On June 19th, bad weather couldn't stop NYC employees from celebrating Pride at their annual Pride party at Sony's New York headquarters at 25 Madison Avenue. The celebration was hosted by Sony Employees Group for LGBTQIA plus employees and allies in the New York metropolitan area. Over 300 employees from Sony Corporation of America, Sony Music Entertainment, Sony ATV Music Publishing, and SPE were treated to food, drinks, and giveaways. Guests enjoyed tunes by popular DJ and a jaw-dropping performance by American Drag Queen. The night was capped with some lucky employees winning raffle prizes, which included round-trip tickets to Japan and concert tickets. Um, and then they have a picture of um, a single drag queen who they did not name. They just said American Drag Queen. Yeah, and three plates. That. Three plates of rainbow macaroons for 300 people was my favorite. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I like a good party. Um, and I like when corporates, corporations corporates. spend their money <laughs> to like do things because uh, they're horrible and they should spend money on stuff that's not evil. Um, but like, have you thought about like supporting people <laughs> again the other, you know, 11 months? Um, obviously, a a party and a trip to Japan isn't, like, what you should be doing. That's, That's uh, rainbow capitalism for you. Yeah, uh, which is uh, <laughs> something I think we're going to be talking a lot about a lot in this movie. Yeah, uh, And I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I enjoyed this movie just like I enjoyed the first one. I actually found this one more enjoyable than the original. Yeah, I think the, the theme of it was a little more adult, so I uh, I was about it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, actually, the theme probably was a little bit more adult, but it also had way more childish elements to it. It was way, it was, it was lighter. It was more fun. They they did more funny stuff with the animation in this one than they did in the previous one. We get to spend more time with the monsters. I feel like too. Um, yeah. I I liked that that the focus wasn't. I mean, obviously, Drac was still the main character and everything, but the focus wasn't just on him. Yeah. No. Um, it's funny. It's, it's interesting that you say that for later. Um, real quick, though, I just want to throw in, I laughed 16 times. It's a kid's movie. I don't laugh too much. I laughed at some of the adult jokes. It worked pretty well. Um, I actually really like David Spade's character in this one, which is crazy because yeah. <laughs> I hated him coming into this movie. Um, yeah, after Joe Dirt. I had a grudge. Yeah. How dare he? That and uh, this is a two-star Sandlayer film because it was written by the Happy Madison crew. It was produced by them. Um, and it starred Adam Sandler. But, again, like in previous th uh, 
movies, there's enough of Sony meddling that I don't want to give it the three-star treatment. Now, I didn't see that they produced it because they weren't listed. Happy Madison wasn't listed in the opening credits. No, they're in the end credits, but they they are a producer, but it's, you know, they're a small part of it. Gotcha. Oh, they're, they're actually uncredited in this movie. Never mind. So yeah, two star for sure then. Yeah, that's so odd to me. It, it is hilarious they're uncredited as producers given uh, the absolute obvious amount that is entirely their work. Yeah, like, uh, 100%, yeah. Um, but whatever. Um, let's, let's get some ratings here. Yeah, what do you uh, think? <laughs> I think that critics probably gave it like a 40% somewhere in that range and I think audience probably likes it like 75. Audience is at 64%, critics are at 56%. Higher than um, I thought. Yeah, still rotten, um, technically. You have to get a 60 to be in the fresh area. That's just wild. This movie is perfectly yeah. acceptable for children. Yeah, it has a good theme. It's it's fine. Um, I think the music's bad, but whatever. The music um, is awful. The music is, is very bad. Yeah, uh, a, a few of those reviews. Um, Kids are not likely to get the jokes about Gary Oldman's wig in the 1992 film Dracula, nor sympathize closely with the emotional difficulties Drac faces in becoming a grandparent. Well, no shit. Yeah, um... Those weren't for kids, but when they called it a baboon's butt, making fun of it, they made the joke also for kids. Um, but I guess guess that was a little... Having two meanings for a joke was too much for you. Um, and then, this is my favorite uh, negative review. It's nowhere near as stimulating and intellectual as a Pixar offering, but nowhere Again, with near... with the Pixar comparison, Sorry. But nowhere near as stupidly offensive as some of the atrocious crap that flood the animated genre simply because some parents will take their children's to see anything. Uh, that that's from uh, I think was it neckbeard.net? It looks like yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I'm just calling him that because the guy's a neckbeard, and I am now making fun of people. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, yeah. For the record. Critic response on Rotten Tomatoes for the Minions movie was 55%. And there's never been something quite as vile as that movie, in my opinion. No, it's so bad. God. If, They're uh, making I'll... a sequel, Alex. There's like 12 Minions movies. What are you talking about? Of course there's a sequel. Well, there's Despicable Me. This is just Minions. Yeah, there's like five of those, aren't there? No. I'm pretty sure there's there's a lot of them. No. Y- Yellow is the new black. Minions and Minions: The Rise of Gru comes out next year. Okay, so, so there's there already are two of them already, okay. and then three oh, Despicable Me's. I hate that. I hate most of that. That most of that is very bad. They called it Yellow is the New Black. Really? Well then. Well, I guess that's a short. It's only four minutes long. See, I was right. Min- Minions is an hour and a half, though. So. I yeah, I'm aware. I actually saw that. What? I think in the theaters. I want also everyone to uh, Google the funniest Minions-related thing that's ever happened. Um, back back in the olden days, there was a esports event, the greatest one of all time, called Champions of Fire. <laughs> 
and they played mobile games for money. And there, uh, esports legend Northern was playing, and <laughs> the announcer said, "What if you were pregnant and the baby turned out to be a minion? Wouldn't that be so cool?" I hate that. <laughs> and <laughs> I have. I I was shocked hearing the, that string of words out of someone's mouth. It okay. was fucking hilarious. I <sighs> also, you know those memes that people do like, hey, look at like Google this plus your first name and yeah. that's your whatever persona. Google minions plus your first name. <laughs> Mine is very good. <laughs> Full name or like just like your, Alex? I mean, whatever you. I I used Jessica for mine. And it's the first image. Is the first image is your minion persona, um, or like explains minion you? I'm gonna show you mine. I don't and like mine. I am going to uh, tweet mine later and start this thing. That sounds like a fun plan. Hmm. Look at mine. Uh, yeah, Look I don't like it. it. Is it stripping? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I I gotta say, I don't understand mine. Can I see it? Okay. I I don't think I should be sending this photo, though. What? Yeah. (laughs) That is not what comes up, is it? Yeah, I believe that's Monk, but with four heads. (laughs) Alex, that's not what yours is. (laughs) If you type in Alexander, it is. Oh my god, it is. I hate it. Oh, he's from Spy Kids? Alexander Minion. Or simply Minion is a reformed villain in the Spy Kids series. Hmm. Okay, let's recap um, the movie and then if, continue on. But if you just do Minions Alex, you get Minions and Roblox at the same time. Yeah. That's anyway, nice. I'll recap the movie. It's, it's very short. There's not yeah. a lot. I mean, it's a kids movie, so... Jonathan and Mavis from the previous movie. Jonathan's played by Andy Samberg. Uh, Mavis is played by Selena Gomez. They're getting married. Well, they get married at the beginning. And a year later, they have a baby. The kid seems like a human. His name is Dennis. Um, which Drac isn't too happy about. He wants a vampire grandson. Uh, and, like, really holds on to hopes that his grandson is just a late finger when he never um, actually develops fangs. But apparently, he has until his fifth birthday before his fangs come out and if they don't come out before his fifth birthday he's definitely a human the problem is mavis is thinking about moving to california so dennis can have a normal life neither drac nor jonathan like this idea so they come up with a plan to teach dennis how to be a monster Uh, so that will hopefully get mavis to want to stay at the hotel jonathan will take mavis to california on vacation and to scope out the place and Drac and his friends will show off their skills and try to teach him how to be a real monster. But the problem is twofold. Mavis loves California at first, and Drac's friends are too old to really show off their stuff. Um, plus, people like monsters now. Apparently, humans also can stay at the hotel now. This is a thing. Um, so Drac takes Dennis to the same summer camp where he learned to fly, and after being upset by the, quote, wussy stuff that they're doing at the camp now, takes Dennis to the rickety tower where he learned to fly when he was a kid, and he tosses Dennis off, then realizes Dennis won't fly, he won't change to a bat, and has to save him. Uh, and then the tower falls and catches a bunch of stuff, including Frankenstein, and then, as a result, the whole camp on fire. And this is all videotaped by the kids at the camp. 
Um, meanwhile, Mavis is having a very awkward get-together at her in-laws, where uh, who are played by um, Megan Mullally and uh, Nick Offerman. Mm. Um, I really like their characters. I thought they did a good job. Um, where they're introducing them to, quote, mixed families? Yeah. That was, a, that was almost yeah. an oofer, but it worked. It worked really well. They also decorate the bedroom with, like, Halloween stuff, too. And that's kind of akin to, like, it's showed in this movie. It's like, if you had a friend whose wife was Chinese, and then you invited, or if you had a kid whose wife was Chinese, and they came over to your house for vacation, and you decorated the, the bedroom with, like, a bunch of stuff from a Chinese restaurant, is what it was like. <laughs> yeah um and then jonathan accidentally shows her the video that the kids took at the summer camp and she wants to go home immediately uh so it's a race to see who will get back to the hotel first and somehow they end up tying even though drac and his friends are way closer but you know they had to use a because their their car also got caught on fire um uh they have to use a what is that thing called the power scooter a rascal yeah, a rascal. They have to use a rascal. Um, Mavis is really mad and says that they will celebrate Dennis's birthday at the hotel and then they're going to move. And they invite the whole family for the celebration, but that ends up including Vlad, Dennis's great-grandfather, who is old school and whom Drax said hates humans and would have never approved of the marriage. So... Drac and Jonathan pretend the party is a masquerade party to get his in-laws to dress up um, as monsters so no one thinks that there are humans around. But after a failed attempt to scare out Dennis's fangs by possessing his favorite TV show monster, Cakey, who's kind of like Cookie Monster, Vlad, Vlad finds out about their humanhood. I should mention also Vlad's played by Mel Gibson. Or not Mel Gibson. No, <laughs> he's not. Oh, no. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Why? Their Ooh. names. Why do they have to share the first, the same first name? Yeah. It's a terrible coincidence of fate. Um, yeah. Anyway, Dennis gets really sad about the family fighting. So he runs off into the woods with his friend, Winnie, who is one of the werewolf pups. But Bella... Um, who is Vlad's uber-bigoted bat friend, catches them and ends up hurting Winnie. And this is what gets Dennis's fangs to come out, and he kicks Bella's ass, and then, with the help of his family, kicks the ass of the other bat guys. Um, and when Bella tries to stake Jonathan, um, of course, it will, actually, they mentioned earlier that staking a human would also kill the human. It's mm. no different. Uh, they mentioned that in the first movie. Uh, but Bella tries to stake Jonathan, and Vlad freezes him with his vampire powers and tells him to stay away from him and his family. And obviously he has had a change of heart about humans and his, his family. He he loves his, his human in-laws now. Mm. So they finish celebrating Dennis's party with a song and dance number. The end. Yeah, uh, very simple plot. Um, I thought the the basic themes, though, pretty good. There's the same theme as the first with the overprotective parents. Um, it's different, yeah. though, in this of what type of protection they want to give. Yeah, because um, in the first movie, Drac wants to protect Mavis from the outside world of humans. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the end, he realizes that, you know, Jonathan's okay. It's okay to trust humans, that things are different now. Um, but in this movie, he wants to 
He wants to introduce his grandson to the world of monsters, but Mavis thinks that it's too dangerous because she thinks that her child is a human. So it's, a, it's an interesting little reversal where it plays on the same theme, but it's not the same exact theme. Mm-hmm. And so it has escaped uh, one of the common problems that a lot of sequels have, where they just regurgitate the same theme. Yeah, I thought it worked really well, in fact, because it's... So the idea of him becoming a monster, there's several ways to see it. Um, Dracula, I, 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 Drac, whatever his name is supposed to be. In this. He's Adam Dracula, Sandler, but they just his, call him Drac, yeah. His, well, they are Draculas, too, is the weird thing about that, but... They call them vampires in this one. But they say they're, they're a long line of Draculas. Yeah. Um, that's a family name, apparently. But anyway, Adam Sandler is, like, conservative and wants to put his kid in a little bit of danger in order to bring out his fangs, is, like, the quote. Um... And it's interesting because you see this idea of, like, the 80s, you know, you gotta let kids play and get dirty, otherwise they're gonna be wusses, is what someone calls Dennis. Yeah. Um, and there's multiple interpretations of this. Um, and then the mother wanting to run away to California to protect the child, because you'll fit in there, is is a humorous way to play it. Yeah. Um, and there, there's multiple ways to see it. Um, I first picked up on the fact that by, like, using stuff like monster ball soup instead of mo- matzo ball soup, they were <laughs> talking about, like, his heritage, which was, you know, actually being Jewish. Um, yeah. Remember, this was written by the Happy Massive guys, not by the Sony people. So mm-hmm. they're the ones putting the theme in. Um, but I, I was also thinking that it seemed to me like they're mixing the idea on purpose originally of kind of masculinity and being a monster as a way for how the older generations see kind of like the lgbtq plus community did you get that at all or am i reading into that i don't think that you're necessarily reading into that but i think and like i think we mentioned this before too it's it's the fact that being a monster is so packed with meaning when you're juxtaposing it against the humans who keep calling themselves the in-laws keep calling themselves normal. Yeah, and they even make Where, a comment. Uh, I think Mavis, Mavis says, does. "Stop using the word normal." Yeah. Um. So it when you have that put into a frame, it automatically creates this notion of queerness, oddness, mm. strangeness. Um. And, like, when you think of it that way, of course, what's going to come in your mind is, like, actual queer people. I use queer, I'm going to apologize to other LGBT uh, plus people out there, I use queer as an identifier for myself, and I tend to use queer as a blanket term. Mm-hmm. I am I know that some people don't like that as a term for them. I'm just going to, it's a habit of mine, because it's my self-identifier, um, but... Uh, it's it's not a coincidence that you're thinking of that but you could yeah. also use that same um like different versus quote unquote normal um to express a lot of different things like uh religious minorities ethnic minorities uh racial minorities um not yeah. just not just uh you know sexual minorities for sure um they're definitely trying to have this idea of another um within it and I, I'm going to apologize because I did a dirty trick. I actually have 
extra proof of why I think this is a good interpretation. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I dug in hard to this movie in the Sony email hack. Um, but I have uh, a few things from the original script. Uh, and I want to read one section, but you guys need two pieces of knowledge. First, the uh, second draft script is actually what I'm reading. Started with uh, like Frankenstein on a talk TV show. Um, kind of like a Maury show um, where it seems like Queen Latifah was the one they wanted to be uh, interviewing him because they okay. call her Queena, Queenie um, and had some reference to her in it. But um, anyway, he says something like, you know, my father didn't care about me. I didn't even get a name. He just made my first name his last name and stuff like that. And he starts <laughs> crying and he said, I hope I... It, joke I like is like I told myself I wouldn't cry because my tear ducts are up in my ears and then his ears start leaking, um, and it shows that scene where we showed how all the monsters were getting famous and normal uh, activities. It showed Bigfoot. It showed uh, Griffin the Invisible Man. You remember that quick scene where showing them <laughs> yeah, in Bigfoot popular culture? Yeah, Bigfoot is a goalie for Germany, or it was a Germany versus Argentina. Uh, yeah, game. something like that. Um, and then Griffin, the Invisible Man, is doing, like, a workout tape. It's very funny, yes. But basically, it started out with monsters are now popularized, is, is the opening scene. Then, they bring in this character named Quinston, who is a rich, uh, goofy Mark Cuban type, they said, who wants to buy the monster hotel. And Johnny says, well, you should listen to him, Drac, because, you know, I guess you don't want to do this forever. And here, here's the scene that comes out of it. Um, Quinston says, Every amenity humans expected served by the hippest and hottest staff. And Dracula says, wait, wait, I have a full staff of monsters. Quinston, dude, monsters will be everywhere, especially vampires and zombies. What people are digging now. Shot of vampire and zombie hotel staff, all beautiful, sexy, and hunky, true blood, and walking dead types. Dracula, wait, that's a zombie? Quinston, it's all about updating the monster brand. Dracula, no, no, monsters are not a brand, this is our history. Quinston, oh, don't get me wrong, Drac, I want to have a monster's hall of fame to pay tribute to the old school. Shot of marginalized Hall of Fame, where it appears the real monsters are confined in a hip but zoo-like display. Quinston, but just, you know, a little more kid-friendly, like instead of blood-sucking, we talk about how you love chocolate cereal. Johnny, uh, that's a different dude. So, <laughs> this scene is showing wow. corporate takeover of a marginalized community and oh how they would gosh. sell them out. How good is this fucking scene? That is so much better. And did Sony say no to that? Like, what happened to that scene? It, it's hard for me to know exactly what the scene said, but I know Amy Pascal didn't like Quinston at all. Um, Who's, oh, Amy Pascal, the person oh, that you hate. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I put this on her. <laughs> this was Lindsay Doran. I don't know much about her, but she didn't really like that part. Um, Amy Pascal wanted uh, Keiki out of the movie, I know. Cakey um, was, I liked Cakey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I talked to you about this before, but I said the Sony execs didn't understand the theme of the, the movie. Um, yeah. And I think this really shows it, because they had, in my opinion, a fucking good movie right there. 
you yeah that, that sets stuff up so well it, i mean do i really want adam sandler to be at the forefront of talking about not invading marginalized communities not really but i'd rather him do some of that than none you know like it's better that he's talking about it than not talking about it no um, i mean it's I, I that that movie would have been great just talking about the corporate takeover of marginalized communities because that's how you know that's how lgbt plus people feel about like like i mentioned before the the rainbow mm-hmm. corporations during pride who disappear off the face of the earth afterwards yeah and that's that's why i use that as my little intro is yeah. just reading one of their their point of views and I, because... I know that like a lot of marginalized communities feel this way because corporations when they when they start you know appropriating cultures even when it's under the pretense of support mm-hmm. it usually pushes them out of the conversation this is i mean it's not just true for lgbt plus it's true for a lot of different um, people i just you know i'm familiar as a, a queer person so yeah and i mean i, I want to point out i don't think Lindsay doran was bad in this uh reading a few more of her emails um they did come uh make some points of uh like this we have to assume that any vampire would want his grandchild to be a vampire but it's never personalized and it's kind of icky like a black grandfather wanting his mixed race grandchild to turn out black i especially felt that during the red hair scene um and i understand this person seems to basically understand what he's coming back from but it also screams to me you don't understand that a grandfather would want his grand child to be part of his culture that's what it is is if you take this kid into the human world and keep them there and they don't get to be with monsters even if they are half vampire they're gonna be a human um which you know doesn't fit one-to-one with you know race relations and stuff like their example but uh yeah look at i just wanted to make sure definitely a just was a white woman who made that uh reference so Maybe not the person to ask about that. Not that I think I have the best opinion on whether or not that is icky. This is exactly why um, having marginalized, like people from marginalized spaces be a part of your project. Not just as, hey, will you make sure that this isn't racist or whatever, but like helping shape that narrative Mm -hmm. from the beginning. It, It... it will make sure that your your family, you know, your family. I just read the the word family here. Yeah. Um, it'll make sure that your movies or your or your book or your game or whatever you're doing will, you know, be truthful and faithful to what you actually want to say. That yeah. all being said, that opening scene, wow, <laughs> mm-hmm. that 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 one that you had, uh, that that was in the the yeah the draft. The, uh, that was uh like a few pages into it, but that was like kind of the high point of the first act. Um, so like probably ten minutes into it. But I'm like that that sets up for me a way more emotionally impactful scene. And it's mm-hmm. funny because later in emails after that's after that entire character's taken out, Quinston, you see a bunch of uh them saying like, Well, there's not that much of an emotional thing for Drac. Like, it's kind of like, you know, toothless throughout the movie. And I'm like, yeah, you took out the part 
that mattered. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way, like, with the movie. It, I just chalked it up to it being a kid's movie. Yeah. They, it's not, like, they, yeah, 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 Pixar movies can have some deep themes, but do you really want your five-year-old to be sobbing his eyes out over Up? No. Take him to Hotel Transylvania. He's not going to cry. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um... There's there's a lot to it too. Um, Winston wanting to make blueberry ice cream and Dracula like getting upset at the appropriation of his culture and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, there's so much blood trees dressing. That's another good one. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's funny. But like this original script really showed um, why his culture mattered to him, and I think that was missing in a lot of ways to this because. You see, have a scene where Dracula doesn't like new vampires. Like, all the kids, they're, like, kind of not what he thinks of as a vampire. And that means nothing to me without realizing what he does think vampires are. And he's him being worried of what people are turning his culture into. Because that's, that's a real and, like, important dialogue to have is what are corporations and people turning my beliefs and my culture into and how are they monetizing it compared to I'm an old boomer and I don't like these kids, which is what it, the movie turned out to be. Yeah. Yeah, I I really didn't like the camp scene. It seemed pretty on par for, like, some of the stuff that Adam Sandler has had before. But... Yeah. I, I just think reading this original, or the older script, it does show the level of change that gets put into like a script to the end movie. And it, it makes me sad. Cause I think like that, that was going to be like a 10 out of 10. Here's a good message. Here's a good movie. In my opinion, seemingly. Um, and then they took out all the fangs. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh... But yeah. I just the corporations, man. I, is this the last other than the other Hotel Transylvania movies, which there's another one coming out in 2021? Is there is this the end of the Sony movies? Um, like what's coming up next on our last ten movies? I think we're in the Netflix era. Yes, we hit Netflix in. era. Hotel Transylvania three is a 2018 movie though, so we still have that. Yeah, um, I know, I know that. And yeah, we have coming up like a bunch of just the netflix movies yeah and then uh uncut gems seems to be the only other one which is just a blockbuster great movie um but yeah i also want to point out with all this said uh they there's also emails where like they didn't want to give alan covert a hundred thousand dollar uh production fee and they seemingly argued uh with him over that or with adam sandler over that which is bullshit because alan covert does most of the producing, it seems like. He's, like, the number two guy in that business. Can you say that again? Because there was, like, a bumpy noise oh. in your and I know it's going to fuck with your audio. Right. Here, ready? One, two, three, clap. They didn't want to pay Alan Cover a $100,000 producing fee that they requested, which is bullshit because Alan Cover is, like, the number two guy from Happy Madison, and it's obviously this was a Happy Madison-produced film. Like, yeah. I know Robert Smeagol made, like, $750,000 for writing the script, and Adam Sandler made close to that for writing and editing, um, based on looking at their numbers. And I'm like, that's that's an ungodly amount of money for me. Like, I, if you gave me $750,000, I'd 
I guess I'd buy a house and then spend the next 10 years making games and not having to sell them. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's crazy money for me. I understand that. But Sony made $474 million, $100 million in box office from this. They made Which is so much money. Yeah, they made over a half billion easily because they also probably sold toys and they sold other bullshit. So they're really nickel and diming some guys that are making them a fucking billion dollars, huh? Like, yeah, like, it, that, that's a pretty shit thing to do, in my opinion. Um, that's it's it's just so much money for a kids movie like just exclusively for a kids movie because if you look at like the actual top grossing movies now they're all these super big budget Mm -hmm. like star wars um like your your marvel movies uh and that is usually like kind of the exception to that like those huge movies yeah i so for the trilogy the estimated budget to make all three movies was like $250 million and they made $1.5 billion about. So it's just wild. Yeah. Um, so it, it just annoys me seeing this back ending of them. Like, and I don't want to hear bullshit of like, well, that's how you make money in a corporation is making sure you keep your blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Capitalism is evil. And if you work at that high level without helping out little people, you're a piece of shit. And by changing the script to not make a message about how corporations hurt marginalized communities. They are only protecting themselves. Um, also, Amy Pascal's a racist, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not uh, me just saying it. Like, there's an email where she says some racist stuff, um, and that's why she was fired. Well, I'm looking at the other films uh, that Robert Smeagol... Smeagol? Smeagol? I don't know. Uh, I've been saying Smeagol. Robert Smeagol. Robert Gollum. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wrote for um happy madison he wrote you don't mess with the zohan which is like explicitly anti-capitalist yep um and i mean and also jack and jill uh which we think is good but most people don't yeah i mean it's not the writing didn't make jack and jill good but <laughs> well, I guess well it did. the th- the theme of it though and he he is he so did, far sorry, he did the rewrites so I, I'm just saying, so far he's had extremely good, like thematics in movies. Um, that and he did a Triumph Insult Comic Dog, which when I was like 15 was the funniest shit I've ever seen. I haven't seen it since I was. I I don't want to go rewatch it, but like, I'm just gonna assume it was okay. <laughs> I don't. No one tell me. No one break my heart. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Well, do we have anything else to say about Hotel Transylvania too? Um, I should I do a little more Sony exec stuff? If yeah, you would like to. We're, we're a little short, so uh. Yeah, just uh. Yeah, open them up and. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's there's this one. Here's what Australia wanted to say about Hotel Transylvania too. The comedy was wonderful, and going by the laughs in theaters, clumsy characters, goofy zombies, and fart jokes also help. Um, but one thing they wanted was, um, for Hotel 2, is the traction storyline hook was about a young human dude in a monster world and about how Mavis is growing up. Drac was a perfect comedy, quote, foil, but don't overuse them. Make it explicitly, explicitly about Mavis and Johnny. 
we are so mindful of the D Dracula character being dark and menacing and how that is perceived by our family audiences, especially safe scares for kids. Um, which I'm like, the movie's about Drac, guys. I'm sorry um, if you think it's not. But Dracula is the main character in this movie. Um, like, you guys, like they, they, they... I like how they mentioned safe scares for kids because the most child-friendly monster in this movie, uh, the jelly guy, Mm -hmm. uh that is based off of my the movie that scared the ever-living shit out of me when i was a kid yeah walk don't run or run don't walk from the blob no the what? blob yeah isn't the blob it's called the blob it scared me all right it's like run don't walk from the blob that's from the trailer of the blob i i got it right yeah, but the movie is called The Blob. Run, don't walk from him. Um, uh, yeah, he, that scared the, the hell out of me when I was a child. And I still vividly remember the scene where this guy is like, because the, the thing is falling out of space or whatever. And this guy comes and he tries to poke it with a stick and it like slurps up the stick. Oh, God, scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here about how they should get less Adam Sandler and less Dracula in the next movie. Um, and I'm like, all right, go ask Adam Sandler to write the movie then, you idiots. Um, Amy Pascal is an idiot um, and said, what's important is that humiliated Drac goes to Vlad for help as a last resort and that we know when Vlad shows up, I'm fixing her grammar here, by the way, because I can't read it how she wrote it. And what he knows when Vlad shows up is he's going to see what a disappointment he is because he is running a hotel where humans can stay and allowed his daughter to marry a human. Um, and I'm like, that it's not important to show a humiliated Drac going to, for help to Vlad. This is a change she wanted to end the movie, is to have Dracula be humiliated and ask his father for help. Help um, for what? Help with what? Making the kid have fangs. Um... He's you know, not humiliated by his kid not like, by the kid not having fangs. No, he loves the kid unconditionally. Doesn't mean he doesn't want him to also be a monster because that's what he relates to. Um, and then she said the theme of this movie was <clears throat> so. Here goes the biggest thing we need to make sure of is the relationship between Mavis and Dracula is the as at the heart of the movie. There are so many good ideas here. Mavis doing to Dennis what Drac did to her and what Vlad did to Drac. Generations of parenting. And I'm like, that's not really the point of the movie, and it's it's sad you missed it. Um, and then the new and different way humans and monsters interact. And the how did you get a zero in the world? World, you, God damn it! She put a zero instead of an O. I don't know how you do that. Is that Amy Pascal again? Yeah, she was paid $3 million a year. Write your fucking I've, emails I've right. I've seen so many of her emails now that are just like either in all caps with like grammar issues and spelling. Like it's okay to have some grammar and like yeah. spelling issues in your emails sometimes. And even in a professional setting, I, I get that. What it like, I don't want to accuse her of anything, but it looks like what I type when I'm very tired, for example, or if I've, you know, been she, drinking or something. She sounds like a drunk in this. Okay, um. well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, she types terribly. What's up with that? She also does the thing that old people do that fucking pisses me off. You know what I'm talking about? 
Can you dot, guess? Dot, dots everywhere? So many. I, there were six in the thing I just wrote. Red. I use ellipses all the time, but I but don't use them. Incorrectly. You don't use them incorrectly. Yeah. So this is what. So here goes dot, 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 dot. Uh, the biggest thing we need to make sure of is that the relationship between Ma- Mavis and Dracula is at the heart of the movie. Dot, dot, dot. There are so many good ideas here. Dot, 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 dot. Mavis doing to Dennis what Drac did to her and what Vlad did to Drac. Dot, 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 dot. Generations of parenting. Dot, 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 dot. That's how she actually wrote it. So, you know, I'm making her look good. But anyway, the thing, next thing they said was, uh, the new and different way humans and monsters interact in the world as opposed to the one in the last movie and how Dracula play, pays lip service to really accepting humans until the end of the movie, dot, 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 and how you can't make somebody something they're not. That's not really what the movie is. Um, it's close. Don't get me wrong. It's a it's little close. It's very close. Because he still, he does obviously still hold some prejudice. Like, he would mu- he would rather have a vampire grandson than a human grandson. Yes. And. Um, but I, I don't see that as paying lip service necessarily. It's just another thing that he has to overcome. Like, like programming, he has to overwrite. He was, he was, he was taught to be this way. Well, you know? I mean, now he was taught to be that way. Angry humans did kill his parent or his wife. Yes. It, it, there's not a, it was a long time ago, but this is supposed to be like, you know, um, because I think they have a very like, put a lot of Jewish sentiment on it. Like you don't forget the atrocities that happen to your people, even if you're willing to like overcome them, you are protective of that. And that's what like the don't let my daughter out into the world thing comes from. But one of the things they showed in the original script was uh, a mentioning that although he allows humans into the hotel, he has yet to hire any. So he is, you know, specifically saying one thing while not being very good um, in reality, which is another, you know, tick in the, the, hey, this is a systematic problem and he does have prejudices, as does Quinston. And just because Quinston's wrong doesn't mean Vlad isn't, or sorry, Drac isn't also wrong. Um, and it, it's, it's a shame yeah. they don't have those things in there. The the analogy kind of falls apart though when you like look at it from a real point of view because the marginalized community is the monsters. The yeah. onus is really on the humans to prove mm. their acceptance of monsters instead of vice versa. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it's just you know, they're they're it, doing yeah. doing I, a movie. It, it, I, yeah, I, I get it. I get they it. they do show I think within the movie that Dracula is powerful and has the ability to kind of like, if he wants to change in the world and make monsters and humans more thing, he is probably the one who has the power to do it, not like his buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they show, I think, in the original bit, he's the only one who's like not on talk shows, which I get that that sucks to do is to go on shitty talk shows, but... Now it, it it's it's showing them what's going on. Um, yeah, you're right. Well, do we have anything else? Do you have any other emails to share? Let's see. That espresso. That's a funny line. <laughs> oh, I love the twinkle twinkle little star joke. 
Elementary. <laughs> uh, it was cute. They, they changed the words to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to make it like about death. Yeah, I. Suffer, I generally suffer scream in pain. That's how I went. Yeah. <laughs> they they have some more stuff. Um, but honestly, a lot of the emails sent to to Adam Sandler about this. Um. They they Sony execs really like the stuff that was like the marginalized community uh being open, which is like pretty lame. Um, th- this is a good one. Maybe you've let humans into your hotel, Dad, but not into your heart. That line they said is a great line, and once the scene between Drac and Mavis in a room is sorted, you can get more of the same depth of emotion depending on what's in that scene. And I'm like that that's a fine scene or line, but that's a fine line if you think. Dracula is the one who needs to change. Yeah. And fundamentally, the humans are still the ones in the wrong overall. Dracula's never, you know, harmed anyone. Yeah. Um, within this timeline. He he, he does want his friends to kill a baby deer. <laughs> yeah. Um But to d- also be fair, the werewolf ate a whole flock of sheep. <laughs> In the previous movie, why is he? Why is it okay uh, I mean, in that movie? But yeah, not in this one. They were gonna still eat the animals, so I don't care. Hunting, I don't have a problem with hunting. I just think uh, some of the the world around it's a little lame. Um, but yeah, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump. Yeah. Oh, uh, I and, I, and, I do and, have serious problems with trophy hunting. Don't get me wrong. And I think Papa John. No, it's not Papa John. It's the Jimmy John's. Well, guy. yeah, fuck Papa John and Jimmy John's though. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Which sucks because I love the smell of that bread. Uh, all Johns, John Bon Jovi. Canceled. You're you're, <laughs> you're on watch. Yeah, all right. not canceled yet. Mostly because cancel culture doesn't really exist. But that's uh that's another movie, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, uh yeah. Anyway, um I think we we showed there was a better movie. Sony sucks. Um I have a problem with them. But overall good movie. I liked it. Yeah. I like what I went with. Um but next, we have possibly the most offensive film ever. Ridiculous 6? The Ridiculous 6. I don't know All what's right. up with this movie. Me but either. It, I've heard so many bad things about it that it's like the, not the movie itself, but like the the production of the movie. Yeah, I've heard this is just like, dang, son, that's racist as hell. Um, so this is going to be a bummer, but hey, we're going to watch it. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, you can find our podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter. You can also follow us. I almost said you can follow us on Instagram. Hell yeah, dude. I've been watching too many YouTube videos. You can find our games at wannabegames.com. Alex, do we have any games that are like Hotel Transylvania 2? Um, the Devils in the Dice Rolls. Um, be- 666, the Devils yeah. in the Dice Rolls. That's right. Yeah, because you see the number 666 in this movie. So, same exact thing. Yes. Th- this one is about selling your soul. Yep. You can sell your soul to a corporation. But why not make that corporation us? We're an LLC. Yes. Come on. You can donate your soul to us at patreon.com slash wannabegames. But instead, why don't you donate your soul and your money to the Trevor Project? Trevor Project helps uh, young LGBT 
plus um, and questioning um, like ch- uh, like children and teens and also their parents and, and their friends, help them find resources for coming out, helps them dealing with um, mental health issues. It helps, um, they, they have resources on like a lot of kids question, am I gay, am I straight? A lot of que- uh, kids nowadays too, um, and I think this is a good thing, uh, they question their gender. I like that, that that children are more open to questioning, like, am I who I think I am? Because uh, that allows them to have more confidence in themselves later on in life. Um, don't, I think it's a good thing. And I, I know that there would be transphobes out there who are like, oh my goodness, but fuck you. Um, yeah. That, project, it's good. <laughs> I want to say, I, I specifically think that would have been helpful to stem the toxic masculinity I grew up around. So, oh, yeah. That yeah. That's what those type of things help deal with. And uh, it would have been nice to not grow up with some of the stuff I grew up with. No, I totally agree. I, I'm just, I'm so happy for kids nowadays that they have all of these resources. And I'm so happy that the world around us is starting to become more accepting. Um, but there are, we have a long way to go, obviously. So give Trevor Project your money because they're they're helping. They're trying to help make the world better that way. Uh, and you can see me tweet about these kinds of issues at at Joska. Uh, and you can see me tweet about Sonic sometimes at Kitty Crusade. Uh, also, <laughs> you'd be doing us a really big favor if you would rate and subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, uh, fight with us on Twitter. Uh, fight fight with me in real life i'll try it let's go alex covid (laughs) he's from six feet away well you can't fight someone from six feet away i'll joust any motherfucker who steps up to me okay you hear that still in okay jousting never left if you beat alex in a joust i will make him watch a whole a whole episode of the (laughs) rob schneider reality tv show uh and uh I will also let you take my wife's place. If you hide a little spike in your fist joust, I will fucking kill you. Is that from a Knight's Tale? That is a Knight's Tale reference.